You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Mitzvah Shabbos Kodesh, this must be the final episode of Season 8 of Rizcho Daraisa. I'm your reserve, Yosef Gavriel Bechofer. And let me just first put it right out on the table. Dear listeners, if you do want a Season 9 to continue and to be in the same richness and glory of the last eight seasons, uh, Rabbi Bechofer and I both appeal to you to donate what you can, uh, because we do want to keep the high quality of these episodes. Uh, there is a, a number of things that are needed, like audio work, mics, Zooms, all different things. And we'd love to have your support. And if you do want to sponsor any of the programs, we're right there for you for whatever partial or complete sponsorship. Some of you have responded since last week, and I thank you very much. And you guys will be getting letters soon thanking you for your tax-free donation. So Rabbi Yosef Gabriel Bechhofer, our last show before you take off for Yeshiva Week. And we'll be back for, like I said, a season nine that will be memorable. But as again, we need your guys' help. And uh, we love your comments, by the way. Many of them, by the way, I think uh, have, have have altered the course of a lot of our programs. Altered and, the course of human history. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to, you know, again, I don't want to uh, import too much uh, power to our to our listeners. But, but Rabbi Yosef and I have uh, definitely, we, we love hearing from you guys, and thanks so much. Rabbi Nishalem uh, took a neshama that has been extolled as being a, a very important soul, a a visionary in some ways for uh, the Haredi world, and that is Rabbi Matasio Chaim Solomon, Zeichel Tzadik Vivrocho, who was Nifter uh, this week. I have to tell you that the Levaya was very, very well attended. Many, many yeshivas went, and uh, I heard from I, I from Talmidim who went there that it, it meant a lot to them. Uh, it seems like, although it's Lakewood, and many of the yeshivas who went had no Kesho, Everybody seemed to recognize that this was a personality that was important. The note that came from the Aguda and others was Sar Godel Nofel Biyishoyel. I didn't have much to do with Ramatis Yo Solomon. And it, it, it's interesting to me, I'll just start off this way, is that we have a yeshiva which has around you know, five or 6,000 people. I, I think that's a pretty uh, accurate estimate of, of, of Lakewood, right? I, I, somewhere around that, probably more. Ramatis came there around 26, 27 years ago. And uh, probably was there overseeing when the yeshiva did probably grow and double in size since that time. And the city, of course, uh, probably quadrupled in size and, and the suburbs as well. And and, and although I, I, I read very moving descriptions of how the Talmidim cried uh, together with the tears of Ramatas Yo, who seems to have been a very emotional person, that People saw him as not so much Lakewood's mashkiach. Uh, they saw him sort of like as the, as as Klal Yisrael's mashkiach. People who had no connection to yeshiva whatsoever. People who came to to get eitzes. People came to him uh, to find hadrocha. Uh, I thought that was interesting. That in many ways he seemed to be more influential as Lakewood's public face uh, than uh, than the Rosh Hashivas themselves. I, I wasn't in the yeshiva and I was not in the kavel. I wonder, other than the Shmuzim and the Cyrus, 
is it possible that um, one person, a mashkiach, can come to Lakewood and and change things and make a difference and and, and, and inspire with a specific derech of Musar and Avoida and say, oh, this gushpank is now in the yeshiva? I say this, by the way, being a, a sort of a boger, at least in in, 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 a, in, a, in a real, real sense, from yeshiva where a mashkiach did, I think, have a tremendous, tremendous influence. And uh, I came after the, a couple of months after this mashkiach had died, but it was clear to me that the derech havod and the musr, and even many ways, the significance of the shiurim that he gave was was almost on everybody's lips, and that was Rabbi David Krumblas, Zechot Tzadik Lavrocha Ner Yisrael. So I ask you, Rabbi Yisrael, you, know, you, you, you had the schus to hear uh, Rav Matasio a few times, you've read perhaps some things from him. What was going on? What is this? Like, what's the pshat, the mashkiach of a giant yeshiva like this? It depends on the yeshiva. Some of them is probably just window dressing. Like in the mirror, in Shalim, I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I mean, Finkel does anybody even know who the mashkiach is there? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably Finkel's son or son, something like that. But I think it goes on the, goes on the Chazap line. So uh, uh, it's that figurehead. Or, uh, and Panovich also, I imagine it's a figurehead. I don't, we don't know who mashkiach Panovich is today. Uh, at one point, with, when they were great Bali Machshava, and I don't know anything about Rav Matisio whether he was or was not a great Bali Machshava, so I'm not re- referring to him, but people like uh, Reb Benzio Bamberger, Reb Chaim Freeland, and Rapanovich, and before Reb Chatzko, and uh, again, I don't know in the mirror if there's any similar thing, but in, in Hebron, Meir Chodesh, all these yeshivas are Mashgich and Kitanim, who actually do the real uh, legwork, who go out to the who in the yeshivas they would go to the dorm, they would go to the dorm. If Bachram had problems, issues, they would probably come to the Mashkiah Katan. I think it's very rare they would actually go to the top guy. Even in Lahavdi of Alfa Abdullah in YU, right? Rabbi Yosef Blau was, maybe still is, Mashkiah or Mashkiah Emeritus. He didn't do the legwork. The leg was done by the Mashkiah, you know, the Iskar Mashkiah, as they call him there. So, um, yeah, but I think Rabbi Blau, uh, you know, uh, had a very, very um, strong influence among uh, definitely a huge cadre of, of, of Talmudim there. I don't think when he was older, when he was younger. Well, I can tell you that Rab David, who, who was Nifter, uh, you know, uh, I guess in his 60s, you know, Rab David, of course, did go to the dorm and waked, woke people up and was fire and brimstone. And Rab David, actually, as, as you know, he gave the highest sheer in the yeshiva, he gave actually a higher than Raklevsky. And it was considered a very lumdish and difficult tree. It was also the Paisik for the Yungalite, something which I don't think Ramatasio did. Ramatasio did write a safer I saw on Kinyonim, but I think most of his work was Machshova and Musar. Uh, I think he wrote Biurim on parts of Sharei Chuva and Mesilis Yashorim. And uh, it seems that he was in the line of, of, of that the, the great Moisid that he came from, the, the Beis Yosef of, of England, known as Gates at Yeshiva. But the idea of 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 a altar who would craft nefoshos and bring people in and give people nisyoynos and be miyayets on so many different ways and being this you know the the chokmas hanefesh it's impo- once you expand uh, to such a tremendous size it's almost impossible it, it, and you almost like you say you wonder what is the purpose you know, is the purpose because it's a pasnish that we can't have a mashkiach. I'm not saying that Rav Matasio was purposeless, but again, you wonder exactly what is in the job description. It seems like let, 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 let's give Rav Matasio his due. It seems like part of what, as as you know, he 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 pushed 
for changes in uh, the attitudes towards technology. And let me just say how. The way I understand it was, it wasn't an outright ban, but technology, internet with the filter, right? You know, in other words, he seems to have understood that that you cannot just put your head in the sand completely. Uh, And this is why he worked with the Skalana Rebbe and others uh, to have this big, big internet asif at City Field. I don't know if you attended it, but we know that right after that, in 2012, most of all the moistest started getting internet sites, right? Uh, up until that time, uh, there was uh, they were chomping at the bit because they weren't able to, like uh, Mishpocha Magazine or whatever it was, or anybody wasn't able to have uh, an internet site because how could you have a website when you were sort of like feeding this terrible, grotesque monster uh, that is trying to destroy the souls of everyone? So when you have this big asifa, now you already know that, okay, filters, filter, filter, and this way people can have kosher internet and kosher stuff on their site. That seems to be what people have extolled Rav Matisiel for. Also, by the way, I found interesting, although I I wasn't aware of it, is that um, he did a lot of behind the scenes and sometimes open work involved with uh, Rabbonim and teachers who were exposed as sexual predators. He was uh, at first an advocate of a special Besdin in this regard. Then he sort of relented, but he seems to have at least taken a very activist role in terms of big questions confronting the whole Jewish community. Very strange, right, to say, I'm the mashkiach of Lakewood and I'm doing this, right? Again, it's almost like an admission that, Yes, this is just my, uh, this is where I get my paycheck, but my purpose is really to sort of be uh, involved in Claudius Yisrael's uh, needs uh, uh, in a nitty gritty way. I know when he was brought in, he was brought in to provide some sense of uh, normalcy to um, to play that role of a sage leader in matters outside of learning for the Lakewood community in general. And not just for the yeshiva, but for the entire uh, world of Lakewood. I would assume assuming succeeding in that. I don't know. You know, again, I'm going to be cynical here and say that part of what allowed him to be successful was his ability to speak a coherent English, right, and to do it in an English accent, which American Temblin are always a sucker for. That's true about us. Everybody has an English accent starts up with a tremendous advantage over us stupid Americans. Yeah. yeah, But but again, it also is sort of an indicator that the average yeshiva fellow from England was somehow, you know, able to communicate uh, in, in ways that were more effective than the average American godel, right? So it's interesting how there's something about about the culturization that that that, that the English. Uh, have. Right before we started recording, uh, Rabbi Yosef sent me an article from uh, the Jewish website, which I guess is a newspaper as well in Eretz Israel, I'm not sure, called Makor Rishon. And uh, there was an opinion piece that revealed the fact that there has been, for a number of years, an issue as whether the Rav Tzvai, in other words, the head chaplain for the Israeli army, uh, the post that, of course, Rav Shlomogorin held so uh, famously, whether that Rav, which I think his name is Rav Krim at this point, should actually issue his psokim for the soldiers, uh, especially here now in the midst of the terrible situation in Gaza and in the north, whether those uh, decisions, Hiros uh, and Hadrochos, 
should align and be uh, conferred with and agreed upon by the Rav, the very the two Rav Roshim, Rav Yitzchok Yosef and Rav David Lau. And it seems like the Rav Tzvai has sort of decided that he's going to be somewhat independent. I don't mean decided. I think was, he's saying it's always like that. It was like that traditionally that there are pre, there's no the the um, the fellow who you know, you know the fellow who's or every idea I think he has is probably wrong. Betzal uh, Smotrich made it a condition of the coalition that the Rabbanut Tzvai be under the Rabbanut Rashid and that it has to answer the Rabbanut Rashid. And uh, the Rabbanut Tzvaiit, uh, I think the army itself is opposed to this idea. And they give several instances in this article of things which the Rabbanut Tzvaiit might not, has done which might not pass muster with the Rabbanut Rashid, such as allowing um, for uh, non-Jewish soldiers to be buried in the cemetery with Jewish soldiers without an above-ground uh, mechitza, only a below-ground mechitza. So people would not say that they're being they're buried separately, and um, also allowing women to say kaddish and uh, even some secular cer- ceremonies at the levias. They also um, evidently uh, have, are relying on novel uh, means of identification for agunos issues. Right. In other words, what they want to go hand in hand is that the terrible message to the family that the IDF considers the soldier lost and dead should also be coupled with the psak from their, the Rav Tzvai, that this woman is now a mutter to get married and she has the status of an almona without having to pass muster by by uh, Rabbanim from the uh, Rabbanut who have to deal with her case and decide whether she to be mater or is an aguna. Right, I think that's really the point. Right. So they have, and they also have this concept of that once they, once they've given up hope of accomplishing kvura, the family can sit shiva. Which again, I don't. It's speculative to say that the Rabbanuta Rashid would would not allow these things. It's a sad article if it's true to say that basically what it alleges, which is that to say that the Rabbanuta Rashid would not be sensitive to all these issues, which are probably unique in the army. Well, it has been dealt with, by the way, the the issue of burying soldiers, the non-Jewish soldiers. And of course, we know of the incredible valor and courage of the Druze soldiers and others uh, in this regard. The questions have been dealt with way back. Chaim David Alevi already poskened a number of them. And as you said, you know, it's a uh, uh, it's the type of thing where it seems like the rules could be bent especially as, you know, if this causes a rifyon and a, and a rebellion uh, among the ranks, because we need every single soldier. We need those Druze. We need those non-Jewish soldiers or those questionable ones. So you're right. Probably the Rabbanat Rashid uh, would probably, could probably concur with the Rav Tzvaim about what to do. There's another, another way you talk about morale of soldiers. Also, the other examples was that they actually allowed soldiers to travel home on Shabbos for uh, leave. Okay, so we so we encourage our, our listeners to check those article that article out on 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 for themselves. Well what would you pass in? Well I, I was gonna ask you since it's your baby, what do you think? I I, I remember I'm sympathetic to this talking because I think that we're uh, whatever we can be mocked on in uh, normal times, normal places doesn't necessarily apply to um 
to the situation we're in now, especially the, an act, an active warfare, active war. Hmm. Um, the um, you know the army always was relied on coolers, such as uh, as far as I understand, they relied very heavily on nosing time of gam and uh, you know kashrus. I mean, it's all the whole thing is the shas Khak. That's why I'm not sure I trust the article because I don't know. If I would think that I would hope. That the chief rabbis in the state of Israel understand the concept of Shasat Chak. I know you hate Smotrich, but I don't think this is an example of a radicalism or of a right-wing extremism or a way to squash choice and trying to impose some sort of theocracy. It, it, it would seem that halacha should carry the day. When when Gorin matriculated from Rav Tzvai to the chief Rav of Tel Aviv and then the, the Rav Roshi. Although people were suspect of him, you know, it, it, it made sense, that arc, because it was all basically in the field of halacha where there should be equanimity, there should be equality, there should be a sense of, you know, it, it, I think it could irk people, especially if we want Haredim and others to be a part of the fighting force in the future for the psakim, quote unquote, of these Rabbanim to be not just, well, this group of and let's say it, you know, they aren't necessarily the top tier Rabbonim who get the jobs as being the various, you know, Rav Tzavayim who are in, in these areas. Why can't it be aligned and be a, a an aspect of uh, the Rabbanut Roshit? Organically, it makes sense. I would say, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like Congress of the United States, the, the which is one of the least trusted organizations in, in uh, the United States. The Rabbanut Rashid in Israel does not have a great name, right? It's really, especially among Chilonim. Among Zatim, I don't know. It's a mixed bag. But among Chilonim, it's almost universally reviled. Why would you want to make the Rabbanut Rashid, which is held in relatively high esteem, subject to a, a, an organization which is held in relatively low esteem? Makes no sense. Yeah, but but again, the Chilonim aren't going to care about the Psokim of, of the Rav Tzvayim anyway, right? Of course they're, they would. If they're going to respect them, they have to respect them. They have to, be, have to have a positive attitude. A Chiloni is going to go back on Shabbos whether there's a Heter from the Rav Tzvayim or not. If the Chilonim are not going to be convinced that they they can be buried with their with their buddies who are not necessarily Jewish, then who says they're going to be uh, so prone to allow their religious soldiers to have a minion or to, to keep kashrus to the extent they want to keep kashrus? This is uh, there is a very very important uh, uh, and fragile list of things which um, you can easily be broken by commanders who bear a grudge. And without necessarily even realizing it. All right. So wouldn't it be great though for that to have the gushpanka of 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 Chachme Yisrael, the complete Chachme Yisrael? Who's Chachme Yisrael? Well, was Chachme Yisrael, and before him, what's his name? The crook Metzger. Okay. So what? Biona Metzger's gushpanka is going to help the Rav Tzvi have uh, more acceptance. Come on. Again, I can't. I, I just don't see why it needs to be a separate branch. You're saying that the the Rabbanut is so besmirched. Rabitzik Yosef has done a great job, by the way. Rabitzik Yosef has done a, a. But he's alienated many, many people because his politics. He, he brings politics. He's, he's a. I think he's actually a big time chacham, but he brings politics into the job too much. If we're dealing with Rabbi Vadi Yosef, if we, it was back in the seventies, and you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Rabbi Gorn, but he's a big time chacham. Right. If the if they if these are people with the chief rabbis. OK. Hey, you know, look, if we were if you were 25 years younger, would you 
join the army and uh, in the and with hopes of becoming uh, chief rabbi Tzavi? No, I'm a coward. Because <laughs> you know you do have to train. By the way, you do have to go out yeah, there. Of course, you have to train, you, you, yes. right. You have to train and you have to dodge bullets. You have to yeah, be out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I think I would though. I think if I'd be in Eretz Yisrael, I think I would move. I would be moved to do that. I think I would. Yes. Well, if Rabbi Kivalevich was a chief, I became the chief Rabbi Tzvi. He would be absolutely <laughs> abhorred by the idea of having to be kafuf to the Rabbanim Rashiim. He would say, "No way." You would have gone to you would have gone if you were the chief rabbi of the army. You would have gone to Reb Nota to get your psaki. You wouldn't have gone to uh, the rabbi chief rabbis to get your psaki. And if you were couple to chief rabbis, you'd have to go to them. I, I was just asking you about this role itself, which again, part of the reason I think Rav Gorin stopped being this incredible cop who wrote, you know, the the half of the parish neshalmi and brachos and, and other brilliant things when he was young was that he got uh, he got. Uh, schlepped into the to to the army life, you know. It was he he became a television personality. He was on and again. This was during a period that the Israeli army was going through some very 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 vast changes. So there is a big natia, you know, when when you're schlepped into it, not to just be to lig rosh of arubo and learning. And uh, I, I think it left its mark on Rav Gore. And even those the Truma Sagoyrin is such a sorry safer compared to what he was in his younger years. Even, by the way, the collection of Chuvas of Meshav Melchama, most of it is really collections of of articles that he wrote uh, when he was younger. And um, it, it's, again, Goran is, 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 is really a great tragedy, really, really, in many ways. So I guess with Goran's uh, model in front of me, I guess I, I I might have to take back what I'm saying. But I think my 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 lave and nefesh would be there to to try to work together with the chayalim to try to provide halachic uh, halachic structure. Well, what do you think they would listen? I, I think it's become widespread. I don't know about Elizabeth because Elizabeth is a yotim in a cloud in many different ways. But uh, I think it would have been widespread in the modern Orthodox world. In America and in Israel, the women say Kaddish. And uh, you think the Rabbanut Rashid would tolerate that? I don't know if they would. In other words, in a shul, not where men and women are saying it together, but there's a yeah. woman in the there's a woman who's saying the only Kaddish. Yeah, look, I don't know. I can't see Rabbi Tzak Yosef agreeing to that. Yeah, I don't know if I'd agree either. But I'm saying that you know, if you're in the army, then. You, the rules have to be different. Morale, morale is an important thing, which we don't deal with outside the army. Our job as rabbis is to deflate people's morale. But uh, in the army, it should be the opposite. But not necessarily, halacha shouldn't be necessarily spaghetti that can be bent and twirled around uh, at whim and finding, you know, just every 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 sheet to, and call everything a shazat chak. Yes, but you know, nowadays, I, I don't know if you Reb Nota ever decried this. I imagine the type of thing he would speak about. It used to be that you go went to Rav to be matir your chicken. Now you go to the Rav to be machmer on your chicken, right? The Rabbanim now to get there, most Rabbanim, uh, including Beckhoffer probably, get more street credit if they ban things than if they allow things. It's really not supposed to be that way. Well, again, it's based again, we go back to the Rashi in the beginning of, uh, of Beitzah, that you know, it, it, it's everybody can be machmir. It takes it takes it takes a certain brilliant approach to to be mekel, right? But that's not it's not the it's not the moda anymore. It's not the fashion. I saw this week in the local community newspaper a bunch of Hasidic rabbis have come out on a crusade against mizonos rolls. 
So, uh, you know, like, uh, I thought the Hasidim were the ones who came up with the Mizonos roles, but now they're all uh, against it. Because they feel that everybody's being Kaveh Yasuda and not benching, and that they're being Mavat on the Tilas Yadayim because yeah. of that. I, well, listen, I'm more cynical than that. I feel there must be some sort of response politically to somebody who they don't like. Uh, you know, let, let me tie this to something that Rav Matisio was involved in, and that was uh, standing up against some of the uh, imitation shellfish and imitation pork. You know, they have the impossible burger. So I think they have the impossible pork or beyond pork. I think it's much more, I think it's much more fish, the shrimp and the crab and this and that, yeah. Uh, and the OU, by the way, refused to, even though every single part of that product is kosher, the OU refuses uh, to give a hechshar, although the, there's a tr- big okay on bakos. So it seems like a little bit of uh of a contradiction to me, beef fry. We 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 produce something at Abel's and Hyman uh, called Facon. I think I, I'm not sure if it, we might have stopped producing it, but it was called Facon. And do you see making a big deal about this? That to me sounds like a chumra yusera. I think you know, especially when the person buying it buys the tub and it says imitation pork. But this somehow is going to give the cheshek to 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 al yoimer adam yevshi b'achilas chazi, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, and in fact, the Gemara, I think it's in Chulin that says zelu mazel so hakadosh baruch right? That that every tam that there is of Easter, there's a tam of heter that's similar to that. Why should we try to nip in the bud the entrepreneurship of of these companies and try to open themselves up to the kosher market? What would Rabbechaffer say if he'd say, yo, there's Im- there's the impossible pork now, um, impossible pork rinds. Should I get them? And you say, well, how could you bring that in your house? How could you bring that in your yeah, house? I, I don't think he'd say he has an impossible burger. I think impossible burger is different. Yes, because that's not mimicking trafe, obviously. It's mimicking kosher. So, uh, but yes, the impossible pork sounds very, very... Uh, it sounds bad, but can yeah. you tell me a halachic reason why it should be wrong? It's going to lead to people are going to start thinking they can eat pork? You really think so? Listen, I, I have to tell you, though, I was at a chasta once, and there was fake shrimp in the surah of shrimp. I think that's taking it too far. Okay? I, we, uh, listen, if you're going to eat, I, I don't think fake fake pork looks like... In other words, if they make the fake pork, they shouldn't put an apple in the mouth of right. uh, uh, with a snout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so look, but it seems to like again, it seems to be a chumri. You say, Rob, I'm willing. I'm willing to hear from our listeners as we as we close off this season. Uh, you know, if, if if you disagree on this point, and um, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I, I'm ready to join any of you. Meet you can meet me at any restaurant on the Northeast, and we'll order some impossible pork together, and we'll, we'll put some. <laughs> We could put some we could put some impossible mustard on it or whatever it is that goes well on pork. I don't know. I wanted to close out our program since we started talking about Matthew Sol Solomon with a smog, which I heard from him uh, with a speech I heard once and it made it a tremendous, very important smog. Uh, it's to be uh, and since I heard it from him, I associate with him. The smog Mrs. say I am dollar. I'm quoting. This is my translation. And I, I have already expounded to Golos Yushalayim in Spain and the other Golos under Christianity that now that the Golos has lasted too long, a Jew must separate himself from the frivolities of the world and grasp the seal of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is truth, and not lie, neither to the Jews nor to non-Jews, nor to deceive them in any matter, and to sanctify ourselves even that which is permissible to us. As it says, the remnants of Israel will not commit foul deeds nor speak falsehoods, 
nor will there be found in their mouths treacherous tongues. And then when HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to redeem us, the non-Jews will say that he is just in doing so. For we are men of truth, and Torah's emes is in our mouths. But if we conduct ourselves towards the non-Jews with deceit, they will say, see what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has done, and that he has chosen as his portion thieves and cheats. Furthermore, it's written, and I will plant them in the earth. Why does a person plant a measure of grain in the earth? In order to cultivate several measures. So to HaKadosh Baruch Hu put us planted Israel in various lands so that comrades would join us. And as long as we conduct ourselves with deceit, who will cling to us? Okay, I, th- I think as you finish, I think maybe do it in an English accent if you can. I can't. I don't know what to do in English. Okay, so perhaps I'll do it for you. <laughs> and we find that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was upset even by theft from evildoers. As it says, and the land was filled with theft. Hamas. Further, I bring proof from the Yashalmi chapter, Eilmetzius, where it says the elder rabbis bought a measure of grain from non-Jews and found within it a bundle of money. They returned it to them. And the non-Jews said, Blessed is the God of the Jews. Many similar stories of lost items that were returned to non-Jews because of Kid of Hashem are related there. So the smag is, uh, uh, again, coming from Ashkenaz and was able to find, when he went to Spain, he was shocked by what he saw, including, by the way, uh, again, the, as you say, taking advantage of Christians there and trying to cheat them, which he felt was, again, the, one of the reasons why the goal was, was prolonged. By the way, the Rambam in the Parish of Mishnayis in Babakam and other places also uh, says the same thing. Uh, and he talks about the how horrible it is, the cheating that goes on of Jews against non-Jews. So, as you say, Rav Matasios was a, was a voice uh, to bring back the power of the Rishonim to our time and to recognize in this uh, dog-eat-dog world of make the buck at all costs what it's really costing us. And um, that was a, a call for not only halacha, but uh, recognizing that Salam Aleikim, uh, that really is present in mankind. And I guess yeah. that's really a a, a schus that Rav Matasio had in terms of what he was trying to push. Once again, my friends, season nine and its continuance is really dependent on you. You can zell to 847-239-0159. Uh, as I said, that is your way to keep Rizcha back for a complete ninth season. We're definitely going to try to be back in a couple of weeks, but whether we're going to, and again, you don't want us to go uh, monthly, right? I don't think you want that. I think you want us to be hot on the griddle every single week, uh, tearing each other apart as Voya Vizufa in some sense. Take everybody. Enjoy your couple of weeks off from Yosef Gavriel. Hope we will catch you. And, and we hope again, we hope to hear from all of you very, very soon. And of course, you know, hopefully our ninth season will be the harbinger of Yeshua's for Klal Yisrael. Uh, we're going to talk to see the Baal Melchamais, Zireyat Zdokais, the Tzedek and the Chsodim that, that abound with these Melchamais that surround us, the opportunities. And from those opportunities, Klal Yisrael's actions will be Matzmiach Yeshua's. Amen. Noirasihilis indeed. Take care, my friends. Be well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.